When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Boards and here comes Calgary now. Blake Coleman in over the line. Drew a couple of men, but then in the midst of a change, turn it over, and you've got Kane to dry settle. Back to Kane. Backhander score. Here's McDavid down the right-hand side. Backhands in front, and Kane taps it home. Three. Nothing. What a pass. What a finish. Evander Kane makes it three rip in game three. But now it's Drysaddle off to Connor McDavid with Kane. Centers Kane for the hat trick. He scores! Evander Kane! A natural hat trick in the second period. And Edmonton running Calgary right out of the building. The Oilers pouring it on. Kane makes it rain, and the Oilers extinguish the Flames in Game 3. 4-1 is the final. The Oilers go up 2-1 in the best of seven. Evander Kane with a natural hat trick in the span of six minutes in the second period. Zach Hyman scored earlier. That was the big period for the Oilers. They absolutely break the door down, and now they take control of this series. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford. Overtime open line. It's 9-18. Thanks a lot for joining us. Hope you're having a great long weekend, and I'm sure if you're an Oilers fan, it feels like an outstanding long weekend as they win Friday night and now win going into the holiday Monday. Rob, through 40 minutes, this was an absolutely dominant performance by Edmonton. It was. Uh, it was as good as you could play for the Edmonton Oilers. They came out with the start that they wanted. They were fantastic through uh, the first 20 minutes. And uh, they were just very unfortunate at that point not to have a lead. And a lot of times we've seen in the past where one team will dominate a period, they won't be rewarded for it, and the the script gets turned in the second period. That didn't happen tonight. As the Edmonton Oilers came out, as they have most of this postseason, were very, very strong in the second period as well. Huge goal by Hyman to start the second period because uh, Markstrom was playing fantastic. The Oilers weren't able to get anything past him. And if the Calgary Flames would have come out and gotten a bounce before Hyman scores that, this game could have changed. But Hyman gets an opportunity. He makes no mistake. And all of a sudden, the Edmonton Oilers have a little bit more life. They're feeling good about themselves. They're playing well. Plus, they get the reward. And the Calgary Flames, that second period, could have been as poor as the Calgary Flames have played possibly all season long. When Markstrom left the game, it was 4 nothing. It easily could have been 8-0. This was a game that the Edmonton Oilers score flattered with the Calgary Flames play tonight because the Edmonton Oilers were uh, leaps and bounds better than Calgary in this hockey game. Yeah, Kane with the hat trick. He's the first star. Leon Draisaitl with four assists. That ties an NHL record for most points in a period. Several players have done that over the course of the league's history. Connor McDavid with three assists. The third star and the fourth star for Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, Store Canadian. Head to Sentinel.ca. I think there are a few options. I'm going to give mine to Zach Hyman, who scores what uh, got it going in the first minute of the second period tonight. Zach Hyman with seven shots on goal. He plays 23-03, five and a half minutes on the power play, three and a half killing penalties. I mean, I don't know if Hyman has a nickname, Mr. Everything. Is that a start? I mean, what do you need him to do? He goes out and does it. Well, there was a a shift in, uh, I believe it was in the third period, where he was coming in one-on-four, and three or four different Calgary players took runs at him. And all of a sudden, he comes out into the slot. Two more guys take swings at him. And then he gets a great A scoring chance. Uh, uh, he holds on to the puck as good as any player in the Oilers. And, that, and I'm saying that comparing to, to Connor and Leon. You just can't get the puck off him. Uh, he's everything that the Oilers hoped he would be, if not more. The Oilers got pushed around the last two playoff rounds that they were in against Winnipeg and Chicago. They needed to get bigger. They needed to find more players that are playoff ready. And one of the big off-season additions was getting Zach Hyman. 
and then they get in-season Evander Kane. Those two players have been outstanding in this playoff series, and the, the reason that you're able to move Leon up and play with Connor right now is partly a Nugent Hopkins, but more so Zach Hyman. Zach Hyman can carry a line, and he could be out there in an offensive situation, or if they, we need we need some offense out of you, Zach. Or you can put him out there and say, okay, I want you to be the, the anchor on this line. I want you to be a, a solid contributor on the defensive zone so we can we know that the Leon line is going to score, but we need someone to play against their best players and shut them down, and Zach Hyman did it once again tonight. So the Oilers win it 4-1. Mike Smith starts the game and finishes the game. He was replaced by Miko Koskinen for four minutes and 15 seconds in the third period. Smith had to go into the quiet room for a concussion checkup. He was okay. Koskinen, oddly enough, didn't uh, face a shot, so Smith stops 32 to 33. What did you think of the Lucic play? He got five minutes for charging in a game misconduct on the play. Hey, I do believe he held up. I don't think he. it was uh, a major penalty. Having said that, uh, I'd rather the referee err on the fact that, you know what, you hit a goalie. That was dumb. Don't don't put yourself in a position that I can give you a five-minute major because all of the stuff that happened afterwards was because you bumped into the goalie. So it, I don't think it was vicious. I think it was dumb. And I don't think there'll be any other uh, issues with the NHL. I don't think there'll be a... I don't know if there'll be a fine. I doubt it. And I don't think there'll be a suspension. But again, it was dumb. And you just put yourself... Uh, to me, the... Mike Smith had a better chance of getting hurt in the melee afterwards. Like, when everyone was on top of him, and, I mean, you're, you're talking six or eight guys jumping on top of each other. Everyone weighs about 200 pounds. That's a lot of weight. And if you're in a, in a, in a prone position, if you're in a, an awkward position underneath it all, that's where you could get hurt. He had no helmet on when he was at the bottom of it. So, to me, it wasn't a vicious hit. It's just stupid. All right, so the Oilers win it 4-1. Uh, that five-minute power play, the Oilers, well, it, it did, wasn't a five-minute power play because McDavid took a penalty in the middle of it. The Oilers didn't score on it. Edmonton 0-5 uh, on the power play. The Flames 0-4 tonight. The power play update for Shield Foundation Repair. Fix your foundation today with safe and effective repairs. Visit shieldfoundationrepair.ca. And, and I thought the Oilers penalty killers did a good job tonight. Uh, clearing the puck, they had a couple other... Not super dangerous rushes shorthanded, but where they look to attack if they had a little bit of a little bit of space. And I, I, again, I thought the uh, they didn't give the Flames power play much tonight. Well, I, I said it after the first game. I'll say it after the second game, and here again the third. The Calgary Flames aren't going to win this series unless their power play is better. And uh, they've lost momentum a few times on their power play in this series. And it's if it doesn't change, it'll be a short series for the Calgary Flames. All right, 4-1. The Oilers take it down to the Hall of Fame room. Here's head coach Jay Woodcroft. Just how uh, dominating were they, that what you saw from them tonight? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously made some plays on those goals, and they were spectacular. I'd go to their checking, though. I, I would uh, I would talk about their checking skills, uh, the way they defended. Um, you know that line. I think Connor and Leon both uh, finished plus four. Um, you know when our best uh, players are leading the way defensively and setting the tone for what's expected uh, for the full 200 feet of the rink. I think it makes us a better team. Jay, what did you make of the situation with Lucic there, uh, getting after Mike Smith? Well, I think you saw what I saw, Ryan. And uh, I think last series I, I talked about um, the four jobs in hockey. Um, player, coach, manager, referee. My job's to coach. And... Um, let the referees do their thing. I don't believe in airing complaints about officiating in the media. Uh, a thought maybe on Leon Dreisaitl, uh, just you know, four assists tonight and just continues to find ways to generate despite whatever he may be going through. Well, he's healthy and available first. Um, the second thing I would say is that he uh, continues to make plays. He makes people around him better. Um, you know, you, you, you bore witness what I was witness to uh, on the bench in terms of the um the skill level displayed but for me i continue to bring it back to um are we playing the game the right way and when your best players are plus four and checking the way they're checking i think um that serves us well as we move forward
I can hear you, Frank, anyways. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned just all the little things that that line had done, checking well. Mm -hmm. What about setting the tone in terms of your top players dictating tonight the way the game would be played? Yeah, I, I think that's important. I think... Um, we set out with a game plan to assert our game on the other team, just like we do every night. I mean, we, we got this first goal, and we had a, a very good first period. Um, but for me, I think it's a, it's mindset. And when your best players are leading the way mindset-wise uh, and, and, and asserting our game plan on the other team, I think it bodes well for, for uh, our entire game. As a coach, though, when you put that type of talent together on one line did you have any trepidation at all just because there are sort of sometimes ripple effects that go through your lineup when that happens mm -hmm. yeah you know what i think um they've been together now this would be about the fifth game um since game six in la and uh you know i sprinkle them around a little bit too um and move the chess pieces around to just make sure that um you know we can keep other teams off balance and whatnot and not understand what our rhythm is or anything like that but i think um you know they've done a good job over those games of playing the game the right way finishing on the positive side of the ledger um and they're driving us forward. Uh, Evander Kane's story is well documented. What, what did you know about him before, and what, what has he shown you something maybe you didn't know about him in the time working with him? Yeah, I didn't know Evander Kane at all. Um, and um, when Dave Manson and I came up from Bakersfield, uh, he, I think he had only played five games in our organization at that time. So for, um, for me, what I've learned about Evander is that he's a hockey player with um, really good habits, really, really good habits. I didn't know that about him, but there's a reason why he finds success on the ice. Jay, you got the start that obviously you wanted, and, and it continued on. Your, your star guys were there, but some of your more your energy guys were able to continue on. Can you talk maybe about the importance of just having more guys going, and that just it went from line to line to line in the first period? Yeah, um, I think we have a lot of good hockey players, and we got contributions from all 20 today. All 20 contributed to that win tonight. Um, you know, and we have a belief in our players. Um, we trust our players. Uh, we want them put them in positions to succeed. But uh, what I liked today, and I used that word earlier with Frank, was rhythm. I liked the rhythm of our game today. Um, I thought uh, we were able to hand a good shift off to the next line and then hand that good shift off to the next line. We were really uh, able to sink our teeth into that team today. Can you give us a thought of your mindset? So Mike gets taken out for the concussion spotter. There's seven minutes left. Uh, you're leading four. Were you at all contemplating for a moment not to let him go back in, or what was the, the mindset to ensure you oh, going? No, I mean, Mike Smith, I mean, what can I say about Mike Smith? I got asked the question earlier about Mike and, you know, the games played and whatnot, and, you know, I think when you look at the games played, he played He's played 28 regular season games. You add 10, that's 38. He's in mid-season form right now. It's not like he's played 63 games, and then you add another 10 on top of it and all the wear and tear of playing 63 games during the regular season. Mike, Mike Smith played 28 games in the regular season. Now he's at 38, and I felt he deserved that opportunity to go back in. He didn't want to get pulled out. It was beyond anybody's control, and, um, you know, that's why we called the timeout. It was just to slow the game down so that Mike could get back in. Jay, the goalie matchup um, was something that a lot of people pointed to before this series as not being in your favor, and, and you know, you're facing a guy that's a Vezina Trophy finalist, and... And I think some people have questioned Mike Smith at times. What would you say about his performance here these last couple of games and, and, and the person behind that? that performance yeah i would say maybe the questions came from outside our coaches room outside our 
our dressing room, uh, our, our team has complete faith in Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen. We believe in our goaltenders. And as I said, um, you know, he missed the bulk of the first five months of the season. Uh, and then when he came back in, the team had a few uh, hiccups here and there, and it was going through a tough time. So by the time he was able to get his game under control and game where he wanted it to be, um, you know, he really started to take off in that last month of the season. I keep going back to the number of games played. Mike Smith played 28 games in the regular season. It's not like he played 63 games in the regular season and had that all that wear and tear. So for me, um, you know, to him, for him to have the type of numbers that he has in this playoffs, for him to be able to contribute to our team in the manner that he's doing it, I think it's a credit to the person. Jay, when it was 3-0, Sweeney made those two saves off Gaudreau and then Kachuk and then 4-0. So talk about that swing. That was critical time. Yeah, I mean, that's what he does, right? He's uh, he's someone who rises to the occasion and makes um, the big save at the right time. Uh, I thought we had control of the game. Um, and for him to be good when called upon, I thought it was excellent. Jay, one of the things that Mike over here, yeah. one of the things that Mike talked about tonight was the lesson learned last round when you guys were up two to one. Yeah. There's a maturity factor that comes to winning in the playoffs. What's your message to the group to try and take advantage this time? Yeah, I think um, I think uh, as you move forward, you've learned you, you learn those lessons. And, and for us, uh, we didn't love how we played game four in L.A. Um, the difference is we're at home. So that's number one. I think one of the things that we've tried to do um, for the last few months, and we talk a lot about re returning to your emotional baseline. We're, we're quite happy with the win tonight. I thought it was a really good team win. Um, but that game's over with. The, game number three is finished. We'll enjoy it. Uh, for the next half hour, we can because it's actually at it's only nine o'clock or so. It's not like it's two in the morning like the other night. But um, but we'll enjoy it for a half an hour. We have a business-like approach to every single day. We we believe in getting a little bit better each and every day and taking care of that day's business. So we'll have good meetings tomorrow. It'll be a recovery and reset day for us, and and we will be ready for game number four. Uh, yes, Puliyarvi. How do, would you assess his play in the playoffs? Yeah, I thought he's been very good. He's a contributing member on a team that's up 2-1 in, in the second round here. I think he's um, feeling more and more comfortable around in the offensive zone. And I think that line that he's on with Hyman... With um, with Nugent Hopkins has been a real good one here in the last few games. Jay, um, we, Jay, just over, sorry, just over here. Um, you know, we you get asked about a million questions about Connor McDavid, and, and I know you were asked a, a few about Leon Drysaddle tonight, but here he is, just keeping pace with Connor and doing all those things that you mentioned uh, as well. Do you think he's getting enough attention or credit league wide for what he's doing this playoff? Well, yeah, I have nothing but um, respect uh, for what Leon's uh, putting out there right now. It's it's fantastic, um, but. I keep going to uh, the numbers are great, but to me it's it's the drive, it's the determination, it's the willingness to play the game in the whole 200 feet of the rink um, that I think is um, contagious amongst his teammates. Yeah, just one question for me: the Can you put words to what it felt like to be uh, in your shoes on the bench? with that scene going on around you. Uh, part of it, I think, uh, inspired by your own hockey club, and maybe that helped inspire you, whatever. Yeah. Your, your just thoughts on, that was a special scene tonight. Yeah, I, I thought it was um, an electric atmosphere uh, here with the best fans in the world in the uh, middle of a playoff series with our arch rival. Um, you know, the, the 
building was quite quite loud tonight and uh, I don't know I can't say what the other team would have felt in that situation but for me I know that our players um, felt buoyed uh, by all the excitement in the building good thanks guys Head coach of your Edmonton Oilers after a 4-1 win over the Calgary Flames tonight. Kane a hat trick, Drysaddle four assists, Connor McDavid three assists. So Dave gets a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. He took the over on our faceoff show, two and a half points. The set the line for River Cree Resort and Casino excitement. Bet on it. This 4-1, the Oilers take this one. Have you ever had I? I, well, I don't believe in the jinxes. I emailed the NHL when Koskinen came in if the Oilers have ever had a combined shutout in the playoffs. I couldn't think of one, so it didn't matter. They have not. Uh, it's happened three times. Seriously, only three times. Elliott and Halak for the Blues in 2012. Leighton and Boucher for the Flyers in 2010 and Hodge and Plant for the Canadians in 55. I remember that one. Hodge, he was hurt early in the game, then Plant came in. Yeah, I was watching that one with my father. Um, I, I, I'm surprised there's only three ever. But I did, it did cross my mind when Koskinen came in. I was wondering, if, if, why are they yeah. going to? Because a lot of the times we see now, it's baseball season, the combined no-hitters and things like that. Right. And I'm thinking, a oh, combined shutout coming. Although... Uh, it was broken up with a, a wicked, a wicked shot by the Calgary Flames to, to make it a 4-1 Vic, Vic, as Shillington. That was, it's funny, that goal that he scored was almost identical to the goal that Lindholm scored in game one. It was one of those, rate, it was almost that just, just beside the head of Smith as he tries to, to grab it with his glove hand. He wasn't able, but in a game that the Oilers dominated, and they did, and the shots at one point, you said, were 29-9 to, to at, at one point. Smith made two or three saves in this hockey game that helped allow the Oilers to do what they did. A couple times in the first period, and then the Johnny Goudreau breakaway in uh, the second period. And I think at that point, was it 1-0 or 2-0 or, or something along that line when he had the breakaway? It was 3-0. 3 nothing. So he yeah, that puts him back into the up. game instead. But it was not long after that that they go up 4-0 in the hockey game. So... Uh, Smith has made saves, big saves at the right moment, and that's something that the Oilers desperately needed in the last couple playoff series years. This year they're getting it, and they're adding to that the uh, a line that right now is unstoppable, absolutely unstoppable. McDavid, Drysdale, and Kane—they are playing at a level that I don't know if there's another line in the National Hockey League can can match them at the way they played the last three games. Thanks to James H. Brown and Associates, unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. They give $100 to 630 Shed Centers Anonymous every time the Oilers score. So it's a $400 donation tonight. Okay, we're live at Studio 99. It is a happy, happy place as the Oilers go up 2-1 in the best of seven. We're happy to hear from you as well. The hotline is powered by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty Pro all the way. Back in a couple of minutes for more Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Kodana shot redirected by Coleman and a tricky right pad save made by Smith. Manjapani inside. Backhander Backlund denied by Smith. Loose out of the blue paint. Pugliarvi's got to find it. He can't. And Coleman's shot denied. What a save made as coming all the way down low was Zach Hyman to knock that puck down. The net was empty. Centering pass tipped. Here's Sidorov. Penalty coming against the Oilers. Shot blocked. Smith, another save on so Backlund. The, the save of the game is a combined effort. Uh, Mike Smith and Zach Hyman. Nice job getting right in the crease to stop that one. The save of the game for Reface Magic. Save money on your kitchen renovation. Don't replace Reface. Mike Smith stops 32. He gets the win. The Oilers take it 4-1 over the Flames. They go up 2-1 and the best of seven. Yeah, an important win for the Oilers, too. Uh, it sets themselves up for a Tuesday. Uh, a lot of pressure on the Calgary Flames on Tuesday. You don't ever want to fall behind 3-1 in a series because now you put yourself in uh, an elimination situation three times in a row. So the Edmonton Oilers came out with the effort they needed early. They got the breaker bounce that they needed early in the second period to get the lead. And then after that, it was just the Edmonton Oilers imposing their will on a Calgary Flame team that through 40 minutes had absolutely zero answers to the Edmonton Oilers big line. Yeah, well the shot's 21-7 in the first period for Edmonton, Rob. You mentioned when Kane scored to make it 2-0, the shots were 29-9. 
And then the, the final shot's 41-33. Calgary fired away in the third period. They had, a, they had a better third period, which I suppose they're trying to at least win the period if you can't win the game. Uh, were you surprised? And look, I know it's a bit of a Hail Mary, but we have seen the Oilers cough up a couple playoff leads in the past. Were you surprised Sutter didn't pull the goalie with even four minutes left when it's 4-1? Uh, 100% surprised. I was shocked, actually. Uh, you have a power play. Uh, why not pull the goalie? Put, I, I, I watched a, a couple other games, I think it was earlier today, where Florida pulled their goalie twice in the game. They got scored against twice in, in, in empty nets just because, I mean, you got nothing to lose. It, it's not, there's no... Uh, Goal differentials are relevant. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, yeah. It, it doesn't matter. So if no plus, no one cares about anything other than the victory. And I know that it's a long, long, long shot, but you, have, you go six on four in the power play, you make it 4-2, with two minutes to go in the game, now you're one shot away from pulling your goalie again. So, yeah, uh, I was surprised that they didn't. Having said that, uh, Daryl Sutter, yeah, as you know, is stubborn, and maybe at that point he was... He just, I, I was, Yeah, I was shocked. Because you have the face-off in the offensive zone on the power play. Pull your goalie, see what you can do. It, Edmonton, you know, dominating the game, and I think also taking advantage of some uncharacteristic plays by the Flames. I mean, I didn't think Calgary was sharp in the neutral zone tonight. A bad change helped Edmonton score one of the goals. Mm -hmm. um, you, you know, the, I, I'd have to, I can't remember all of Kane's goals. They all kind of look the yeah. same, but, but I think one started as a three-on-three, -three, and then it, it's a two-on-one because they're muddled up coming back. Um, so, I mean, it was also not nearly as detailed a game by the Flames. It, it wasn't, and now, again, I agree. I can't remember which goal was which, but there was the one where the Calgary Flames have control of the puck. They're coming, I think it was Coleman, coming across the Oilers' zone. He throws a blind backhand pass that goes to the Oilers and it turns into a three-on-one going the other way. It's, those are things that the, this is a, the Calgary Flames, despite what we saw tonight in this game, the Calgary Flames are a good hockey club. They're a talented hockey club. They play very smart hockey. And, and tonight it was almost they forgot how to do that. And skilled players on their team bobbling the puck. Johnny Goudreau, who... His hands, you would put them up in the top five players in the world. He is that good with the puck on his stick. Bobbled the puck a number of times. Threw the puck away twice on the power play. Kachuk bumbling it. Uh, it just silly things that you can't do against a good team. And the biggest thing to me, when you play against the Edmonton Oilers, and we talk about this all the time, when, when you play against Colorado, the Oilers got to make sure good puck management when you're out there against McKinnon. Or when you're playing against Tampa, you got to have really good puck management when you play against Kucherov's line. Well, the Calgary Flames in this series have had terrible puck management when Connor and Leon have been on the ice. They've turned the puck over in the neutral zone. They've turned the puck over in their own zone. Uh, tonight, Hannafin racing back. Uh, I mean, he's got McDavid on him. Hannafin's only job is get that puck and shoot it around the boards. Fight somewhere else. I'm not going to have a, get into a fight over here with Connor McDavid. McDavid lifts his stick, goes to the net. The Calgary Flames are not going to win the series if they do not learn how to puck manage the game when Connor and Leon are on the ice. Because if you don't do it properly, they will pick you apart. And thus far in the series, they've got 19 points, I believe, in three games combined, Connor and Leon. 4-1, the Oilers take it tonight. Whenever they score five in a game, which they did in the first two games in this series, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brent Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. Okay, let's go to the Certainty Hotline. Jason has given us a ring. Jason, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, great game tonight. Obviously, um, a great feeling in oil country tonight. A um, couple questions for you. Hey, why can't the Flames generate any offense tonight? Was it too much pressure? And Jay Woodcross... Uh, move calling a timeout and Smith Sorry, can, magically can coming the, back down the tunnel. Could you repeat the first question? We, we lost you there for a sec. Yeah, uh, why can't the Flames, why couldn't the Flames generate any offense tonight? Too much oh, pressure, sorry. I think. Okay. Uh, well, I just think that what we saw in game one of this series where the Flames came out and did everything right in their forecheck and their winning races and winning battles and the Oilers could get nothing going, it was not so much the Oilers, it was how good Calgary played. And I think this was vice versa. Tonight, the Oilers did everything right. They, they won battles, they got pucks in deep, they were physical, they finished every check. Uh, they clogged up the neutral zone. They didn't give any space, and they just overwhelmed the Calgary Flames in, in the first, well, 35, 40 minutes of this hockey game. So, to me, Calgary wasn't good, but I'm going to give credit to the Edmonton Oilers on this one. They were that good to start this hockey. 
best start they've had in the playoffs and it couldn't have come out a better time and then your second question was about why Jay Woodcroft called a timeout? Is that what you're asking? Well, he was giving Smith more yeah. time. And the, well, he, time, the timing was perfect. Well, was like he would have. They would. They would have got the in <laughs> yeah. the, the what it went to Brian Wiseman in his ear. They would have said Mike Smith has been given the go ahead. He's on his way out now. He Brian Wiseman yeah. would have said that to Jay Woodcroft. Said uh, he will be here in 45 seconds. So Jay Woodcroft, all right, timeout. We're gonna get. Uh, get our goaltender back in there. It, that was a great moment. It was a great moment. And know what's funny is we always talk about it at the end of games, and it's never true, but we always say when the Oilers have a good night, you know what, all 20 guys were going tonight. And really, it never is. It's just it's always 19. Right. But tonight you actually can say all 20 guys were going tonight because all 20 yeah. players took part of this and game. And everybody played. Vladar got in for Yeah, actually, Markstrom. you're right, too. Everyone and, I, and this, like Markstrom has been much discussed in this series. This I think this was his best game, oh. but he was just well, this is, under that's, fire. That shows you how poorly Calgary played and how good Edmonton played when Markstrom was sensational and let four goals in in 40 minutes. And to me, I, I, I thought they would pull him after the fourth goal, not because of his play, but rest him. I mean, he had a full game's worth of shots in less than 40 minutes. Uh, I think Daryl Sutter was saying, okay, I'm not. I'm going to spare him the embarrassment because you know what it would have been like in here if he had to leave right. the, 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 the crease and the fans would have went crazy. Just get through the second period and then sit him out the final period and let Vladar play. And uh, But Markstrom, yeah, this was the best he played in the entire series against the Oilers and he still gave up 40 through 60. All right, Oilers take it 4-1. More of your phone calls and we're also going to hear from Evander Kane and Mike Smith. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. And the Flames will charge out of their own end and melt the remaining time. Forcing on net, shorthanded. Mike Smith makes a save against Michael Backlund. Hands off to Leon Drysettle. McDavid back to Drysettle. One touch, reach shot, score! Zach Hyman, game winner in game two. First goal of game three. Well, Zach Hyman has four goals in this series. That was the opener tonight, 52 seconds into the second period. Evander Kane would add a natural hat trick. Chillington for the Flames in the third. The Oilers win 4-1. They take a 2-1 series lead. Coming up will be game four on Tuesday, 5.30 face-off show. Game at 7.30 here on 6.30. Chet, as we check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer, looking for parts, service rentals, or new new semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Lightning over the Panthers, 5-1. They lead the series 3-0. Rangers win at home, 3-1 against the Hurricanes. Hurricanes lead the series 2-1. Oil Kings are in a 1-1 tie in the series with Winnipeg, and they are home tomorrow right here at Rogers Place, 7 o'clock in the Eastern Conference Final. We will go back to the Certainty Hotline. We have a bus on the line, the bus, go ahead. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we got you now, buddy. All right, that was an awesome game, man. I just wish that many would get that shutout. But I have faith in this, like I said, Oilers now in six. If we can get a shutout next time, Tiger's doing firm. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, the individual stats, I, I guess, I don't know. Does Smith I, worry about the shutout? Uh, no, I, I think he'd like it, though. But uh, I, I think right now the Calgary Flames are going to try to get this to six. Yeah. Uh, I think the last two games have not been very good to them. Um, wasted a huge opportunity on home ice to take a 2 nothing lead in the series. And then coming into tonight's game uh, was not the effort that they were looking for. I mean... It, it at one point looked like men versus boys yeah. in this hockey game. Now, a lot of that is on the back of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, but when you're tilting the ice that badly, it's hard to recover from some of those shifts, and I think that's what you saw in that in the first 40 minutes. Connor and Leon would come out, and it, they would just dominate so much that the next line would come out, and they just would have that ball go in the right direction, and, and, and the Calgary Flames just were, were, were taking water in and just couldn't figure a way to get, get things going and going again, and by the time they just maybe kind of straightened it out, well, here comes Connor and Leon, and the one thing that we've seen with Jay Woodcroft, he understands the, the ebbs and flows of the games, and when he feels that he's got the other team running, all of a sudden he gets his big players out there again. He, he understands when they need to be on the ice, and he took full advantage of last change in this hockey game. It'll be inter interesting to see what or if 
Daryl Sutter makes any changes coming into the next game because the last two games, the Edmonton Oilers have really started to show that they are the... Uh, They've, they've shown that the Calgary Flames are having a hard time finding players to put on the ice against Connor and Leon. Our adjustment of the game for pro drain techs for peace of mind down the line. Last March, our next caller named Colton named a calf after me. Rob, here's a picture of it. I tweeted it out March 11th, 2021. Oh my God, it's like With, twins looking at you in that calf. Yeah, it really is. Uh, Colton, I hope the calf is doing well. Maybe I shouldn't ask. How are you doing? I'm good. How about you guys? Doing great. Okay. Uh, you guys watched the game. I tuned in late, but I seen uh, the incident there with Lucic on the goalie there. And uh, if that were me, and Lucic said that's my goalie, his face would be imprinted on the ice. But I didn't play NHL hockey. I know Rob Brown did. I just want his thoughts on that because... That was such a cheap and dirty play. I hope Lucic gets suspended. I love Lucic. He can run around and hit, but when you do dirty stuff like that to a goalie, that's... Archibald's a kind man, because if that was me in Archibald's position, like I said, well, I think, hurt. I think Archibald was trying. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I may have been able to try to imprint his face on the ice, but I think my face would have been the one imprinted uh, time and time again. Um, to me, it was a two-minute penalty. Uh, I, I think he tried to hold up, but it, it, it was more. It wasn't a major, but it was just dumb. It just because exactly what happened was going to happen, whether he hit him really, really hard or what he did in the situation that he did it in. Uh, to me, it, it put a lot of players in position to get hurt because there's going to be, uh, you know, a dog pile where, where those get scary because there's guys got skates on and nobody knows where each other is as you're jumping on top trying to get a, a piece of them. I don't think he'll be suspended, but I just think it was, it was just dumb. It just it, it, it didn't, need to be, didn't need to be that. I think if the Calgary Flames wanted to be physical in this hockey game, there was other opportunities to do it. You don't go after another team's goalie. That is off limits. That is a, a unwritten rule, written rule. You don't go after someone's goaltender. Yeah, they, they reviewed it. So they call the major penalty on the ice, which means they can review it. And then they stuck with the major penalty. It, it definitely could have been worse. I mean, he could have cross-checked him or ran right oh, through him. But he yes. went up to him and shoved him. And yeah. Luch knows it's 4 nothing. And, well, he, and, the, like, and also the fact that there's a difference between you and I shoving somebody and Milan Lucic shoving someone. He's got uh, scary strength. And we saw tonight, he ran through Evander Kane once. And I mean, he only took three steps and Evander Kane went flying. He's that strong. So even a love tap from Milan Lucic could cause injury when you're hitting a guy into the boards. And a goaltender is never prepared. Never prepared to be hit because you're not allowed to hit a goaltender. So uh, it was dumb. I don't think there'll be a suspension, but it was, it was a stupid, stupid play by a man that probably knows better than that. Or do exactly what he was doing. That's true, too. <laughs> that's, a, that's also true. Okay, post-game reaction presented by Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. They were at the podium together, Mike Smith and Evander Kane. Evander, uh, just to comment on what a night. Uh, where's that rank up there for you? Well, it was fun, a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it was good to come back home and play these guys on our home ice, and, and uh, I thought we came up with a really good start, and obviously it was a good win for our group. Smitty, I just got two for you. Um, there was two saves off Gaudreau and Kachuk when it was 3 nothing, pretty critical, and what did you think of the uh, standing O the fans gave you when you came back? Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to make saves for a group in there, to be honest, and just trying to stay as poised as possible and and make saves when the team needs me to. And um, I mean, the fans have been, I, uh, I mean, unbelievable all playoffs. Um, tonight was no different, obviously. Maybe a little bit louder with the Battle of Alberta, but um, just an unbelievable feeling to uh, to play in front of this, this fan base and excited to get a win, obviously. Evander, what did you think of the play Lucic made on Mike Smith there, hitting him behind the net? Uh, so obviously a play out of frustration, running our goalie. I mean, clearly uh, somebody's a great puck handler and he comes on the net a lot. And, um, you know, the refs made the right call. 
Mike, what did you make of what Milan did there? I mean, I, I, actually, I don't really know what happened, to be honest. I, I was out playing the puck, and then all of a sudden I'm getting buried into the boards. So, um... You've seen another series. I think there's 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 not that many goalies in the league, and obviously when you're you're getting run through the end wall and you're not expecting it, it's not you know ideal ideal situation. So it is what it is. It's 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 the playoffs, and they're trying to rattle you. And, and uh, but you know, like as, like Evander said, the refs handled it and move on. Evander, what are you seeing from Leon Drysaddle? Uh, I mean, since he's taken his injury there, I mean he's he's been lights out. Yeah, you know he uh, he's been really good for our group. I, I think he's he's uh, getting better and better each day, and um, you know you're seeing it in his play. I think he's he's been great for us this series, and um, he just seems to find uh, another level each and every night. And um, he made some really really good plays, especially on the wall tonight. Commander, I just want to ask you about Connor McDavid. We all saw what he did in the regular season. He was just taking up his game to another level. Just what's it like playing with with Connor and both Leon? I guess they're both just have taken their game to next next level here. Yeah, uh, has been uh, he's been on fire in the playoffs. He's he's taking his game to the next level. I think he's uh, he's not just doing it on the score sheet. And I think that's what uh, that's what's allowing him to uh, you know really showcase his skill. He's he's physical. He's involved. He's uh, winning puck battles along the wall, uh, both in the defensive zone and the offensive zone. And um, you know he's he's a, he's a dominant force out there. Evander, you said when you came that it was going to take you a while just to catch up to speed because you obviously hadn't played all year. Do you feel like you're in, in mid-season form and, and refresh your 10 goals and 10 playoff games? Uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, it was obviously a little bit of a shortened season for me. Um, but uh, feeling good. Feeling good. That's all I want to say. Yeah, I'll answer that for him. I'd say he's, he's doing pretty good. <laughs> Mike, did your did you did your head hit the ice of the boards when you got buried there? I don't even think my head hit anything. My helmet just flew off, but uh, no, I I don't think my head. So were you still attached? Yeah. Um, fr- is it frustrating to have to get forced out of the game at that? Or do you understand the concussions? I mean, I, I do understand. Obviously, it's not an ideal situation to leave a game. You know, in the third period, it's 11 minutes left. But um, I, I get. You know the reason for it um i think the player should have some say in that but um obviously it is what it is and try to get back in there as soon as i could and evander you guys had talked before you want a better start well obviously that was the best start you guys had as a team in this series by far just talk about what allowed you guys to really control the first period and basically the entire game we we were skating uh i thought we got our legs moving early on um we got pucks uh in behind their d i I thought we were good on the cycle. We were winning puck battles. Uh, we were connected as a group of five. Uh, and I thought that first period really set our group up for success uh, moving forward to the rest of the game. Yeah, well, the Oilers were really skating tonight. They looked like they were flying at times. Evander Kane with the hat trick. Mike Smith, 32 stops. And the Oilers win game three, 4-1 over Calgary. Okay, uh, more of your calls in a couple minutes. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. Fogle hits a man in front, tipped away at the last moment from Connor McDavid. As Evan Bouchard tried to find him, home run pass down the middle. Jonathan Rowe denied by Smith. Rebound, what a save by Smith! He put the rebound back into the slot and covered up his own mistake with a brilliant leather-robbing denial of the Calgary Flames. Mike Smith hearing it. From the 18,347, as he denies Gaudreau and then Kachuk back to back in the Battle of Alberta. It's game three. It's the Oilers three. The Flames, no score. And the Oilers go on to win 4 1. Mike Smith, two great saves with 9.42 left in the second period tonight. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in Studio 99. A lot of happy people here, Rob. Well, there's one Flames fan who wasn't very happy. <laughs> uh, did he want to fight you? Hey, no, I think he was saying they're going to win game four. Oh, is that what he was saying? I think, well, he was it, getting it was, quite, he was getting he was, quite close. It was, he was animated and a little slurry. He was sort of posturing a little bit. I, well, I was right behind you. If he got through you, I was ready for him. <laughs> Well, if I'm your first line of defense, you got a problem, Rob. I'm probably going then. Is that what you're saying? We got Troy. He's the muscle yeah, of our Troy, outfit. Yeah, Troy, our engineer. He'll be fine. 
780-496-0063. Big Bad Joe is on the line. BBJ, go ahead. Hey, how are you guys doing, uh, Robert Reed? Quite well. Yeah, boy, you guys you guys mentioned everything I wanted to mention. But I want to say, this is concerning of, you know, uh, Conor McDavid. My daughter sent me a text message and they say, from what you say, I said to her, from, you know what, we have the Johan Cruyff of hockey. We have to, we have to cherish that. We will never see something like that again. That's all that I have to say. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it's, uh, we are a little bit used to it, perhaps, because we see it 80 times a year, though he has taken it to another level, but he's, we know he's fast. We know he has incredible hands and incredible vision. And I think more than ever, and I know you've talked about it at times, Rob, but more than ever in the postseason, he's showcasing how strong he is as well. Yes, and well, it's a great example, the one-on-one that he had with Hannafin. He chased Hannafin down. It's funny, Hannafin's going as hard as he can, and Connor kind of just coasted behind him, kind of just drafted behind him. And as soon as Hannafin went to go get the puck, just lifted his stick and left. And Hannafin's a big man. Uh, last game against the Flames in Calgary, uh, Zadorov comes to hit him and he's a he's a monster and he he bounces off Connor falls down Connor gets the puck back goes in and scores so the strength of him is often overlooked because there's so many other assets that he has at his disposal you don't think okay he's strong too but it's funny I, I I lived and played in Chicago during the Michael Jordan years so I was very fortunate to go to a, a number of games every year and watch him play and marvel at the greatest basketball in the world play on a nightly basis I've watched baseball games where I've called my wife and say okay just sit here for this this inning you just watch this guy pitch Greg Maddox when he was with the Braves because this guy is one of the greatest pitchers ever just so one day you can say you watched him pitch a baseball and I think anybody that's here tonight and anybody that has witnessed what Connor has done throughout his career but also but mainly what he's done these last few few games as he's taken it to another level is you're witnessing the greatest in the league playing at a level that he hasn't played at before yep. and we've seen some fantastic players over the course of our time together we've watched some greats that have come in and there's a ton of great players in the league uh, the the Kucherovs the Stamkos the McKinnons you can go through a list but tonight the Oilers played against a, a group with Goudreau Kachuk and Lindholm they were the best line in hockey this year and they were all plus 60 they all had 40 goals there was no comparison between what Connor has done in the last couple of games compared to those three. And those three are great players, but that's how good Connor McDavid has been, that he's made the great players on the other team look ordinary. He's made the, the defense on the other team look like it's a bunch of AHLers that have been called up for the game. He's turning them inside out. He made a play tonight on Hannafin where he put the puck between his legs and spun off and picked the puck up, and Hannafin is standing there like... What happened? He's doing to the Calgary Flames, NHL players, what I do to my grade four students. I mean, it's it's. I've got a I've got a, a, a big height advantage over these. A, I don't know. I'm sure you should be proud of admitting that, Rob. <laughs> oh my! Oh, I dominate. I dominate just, three puck on Tuesday mornings. Them. I oh, I had three and three last game, plus four against the grade fours. <laughs> but anyways, but that's what he's doing. These are NHL players that he's making look silly. And in you and I, we watch games. Rarely do we see, if you take Connor McDavid out of the equation, rarely do we see an NHL defenseman get turned inside out yeah. on a one-on-one. It just doesn't happen because they're so good at playing the, the percentages and angling players off. You just don't get beat one-on-one. Connor has done it to a number of players over the last three games. Like, he's probably got 10 different times he's turned someone inside out. And it, it gives belief to Oilers Nation that this is a team that's got a destiny of winning a Stanley Cup. Now, we are only two games into round two, but there's belief here now because Connor McDavid, the best player in the world, is taking his game to a level that none of us have seen before. Well, I mean, he's... You never know when that special play is, is going to be, and there, there are a lot of great players in the yep. league. You know, Dreisaitl, in this series, Dreisaitl, Goudreau, Kachuk, you know, Hyman, Kane, all these guys we've talked about. But off the rush, I don't know if there's ever been a player like McDavid. And even some of the, the greats that are good one-on-one in the league right now, when I watch and I watch other playoff games, there are rushes where you think, oh, it starts dangerous. Oh, no, he's, he's sealed off. He won't be able to make a play. With McDavid, I never feel like the play is dead. Mm-hmm. One-on-two, one, even one-on-four. It's like you never know. When, when is that, the, like the goal against the Rangers, like the one against Winnipeg, some of the spin moves we've seen him make in 
in this series where it looks like he's checked and, and he goes to the net. And it's, yeah, I mean, he, we're watching a, a master at work. And I don't, I, uh, and again, there's great, I mean, Leon Dreisettle, if he's not the second best player in the world, he's third. I mean, he's in the top five. Uh, and I watched Kucherov and Stamkos play earlier today, and Sebastian Ajo is a wonderful player, Carolina. And they're all great and tough to play against, but I don't know if there's the fear factor. And I can tell you with 100% certainty, when you're a defenseman and Connor McDavid's coming at you at full speed and you look over and you see, oh, I've got help there and oh, i got a back checker, there's still fear because Connor McDavid has the ability to make everybody look dumb. And he's been doing it over and over and over in this series. And unless the Calgary Flames come up with a game plan, and it's not just telling your players to work harder, or be physical. They need a, a legitimate game yeah. plan when Connor has yeah, the puck. We got to swarm them. We got to do this. You know what? Three guys got him. Let him pass to someone else. If they can let him score, that that. But they've got to do something because right now Connor McDavid, through these three games of the series, has been unstoppable. Yeah, that's a good point. It, yeah, you. I know you make that point. You, coaches can't just tell players. To, to work harder. I mean, maybe unless there's games where they're obviously negligent or something like that. But, well, okay, skate skate a little harder. Well, you're still not going to be as fast as it. So, well, it's, it's yeah, like you, when you're racing against a guy that's faster. You, okay, I want you to race. I want you to run faster. Well, just think about going faster. doesn't matter. This yeah. is my best I can ever do, but and that's, it's not as good as him. That's going to be the interesting punch-counterpunch in this series. And that's that's what I love about, about pro sports is what do the Flames come up with? Do, mm -hmm. do they... I mean, you talked about Jordan. The, the Pistons members, they had their Jordan rules defense. Yep. They played and, a little physical and, and, against him. Yeah, and they kind of dared refs to call fouls. I don't like, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen in this series, but there's always, there's always a way, right? So the Oilers are, or the Flames are going to be searching for that way right now. 780-496-0063. Nelson is on the line. Hi, Nelson. Hello. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted a comparison between Dwayne Rolson back in 2006, how he, uh, you know, ran it up and uh, helped us out, and uh, the comparison between Rolson and Mike Smith. Well, so, I would say they are they kind of like playing the same way, or or what do you what do you what are your I, thoughts? Well, on I, that? I don't compare their styles, and I, and I had somebody recently tell me who knows a lot about goaltending, who said there is no style comparison for Mike Smith. <laughs> like he actually said that you would never teach a goalie these days to to play how Mike Smith does. I mean, sure, there's a comparison in age. I, I think. Smith has been a more accomplished goalie than Rolson was when he got here. I mean, I remember that trade. Some people didn't like it. Mm -hmm. um, I think there is a comparison in probably attitude. They kind of both have that swagger, swagger, that fighter mentality, yep. um, you know, that might help a little bit. And I mean, I'm sure I, I don't know if Mike Smith would ever admit it but i'm sure he thinks after a game like this tell me i'm done one more time <laughs> absolutely Point out i'm 40 again absolutely like, he would the, the the thing that you can't compare is the ability of mike smith to play the puck oh. and that that is also made a difference in this in this series because it has taken away one of the strengths of the calgary flames their forecheck there's how many times, and, and I tried counting one night how many times that Mike Smith came out, played a puck, and moved it, and I just lost count because it was too many. Yeah. And it got to a number, and I, once I get past 15, 20, the numbers seem to become harder and harder for me to remember. So he, he just he, he's changes the way the other team plays, and the Calgary Flames right now haven't learned to adapt. They're not going cross ice coming in. They're continuing to try to rim the puck. There's not a goaltender in the world that can stop the pucks coming around like Mike Smith can. Nobody, not even close. And if a puck gets past Mike Smith, it's because no goaltender can stop it. And the Calgary Flames continue to rim it around the, the boards. Mike Smith continues to come out, he gets it, and then he moves it. And it just completely takes away the forecheck of the Calgary Flames. And that's, that is a strength of theirs that they have not been able to use. And in the, the game when Koskinen came in, they took advantage of that and got their forecheck going. But when Mike, Mike Smith's in net, Calgary doesn't get the forecheck going, and then the Edmontoners have easy access out, and all of a sudden they're spending more time in the offensive zone. The Oilers lead the series 2-1 after a 4-1 victory. We'll get to a few more of your calls in a couple of minutes. We're live in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. So Vander Kane had a hat trick against L.A. Has a hat trick tonight. The last time an Oilers player had multiple hat tricks in the same playoff season 
1985. Can I guess? Yes. Yari Curry. Had four hat tricks, and three of them were like in a eight days or something. That kid could shoot. <laughs> and the only reason I knew that is actually I just read your tweet. It's, it's on. Well, that's it's very on. wise. It was, but it, it's funny. They also showed a, a little tweet video of Alfonso Davies, who was in the crowd tonight, yeah. the greatest soccer player in the world, in my opinion. I'm a little biased, but one of the best in the world. He tried stealing his buddy's hat and throwing it on the ice, and they had a tug-of-war in the stands as he didn't have his own hat. But uh, Troy and I were just saying, that was a lot of hats on the ice tonight. Yeah. That was, it was a lot of hats, a lot of cleanup after that. There was a lot of celebrating tonight in Rogers as the fans uh, were able to enjoy a fun, fun night. Well, the second happy. period was one of the most joyous atmospheres I think we've experienced. I, mean, I, I know there have been other playoff victories. Well, you know, not as many as we like, but there have been some. The blowout of Anaheim, you know, DeHarnay's overtime goal, mm -hmm. certainly game seven. But uh, none but of those. One, this one would be up there. I mean, none of those were against. They were none of those were against the Calgary Flames. Yeah, and they completely. <laughs> and you you reference it when you outshoot a team as bad as they did in the first period and don't take the lead. It's a little bit like okay, yeah. how hard is Calgary gonna? Push. Come, come on strong, and the Oilers just kept going. I mean, they, it was like a continuation of the first period. They like, did, and here's my question to all the people out there that were hoping for a, a Dallas Star Edmonton Oilers series. Feels a little bit better beating Calgary tonight than it would have been beating the Dallas Stars. That's why I was looking forward to this series for what we've seen in the first three games. It doesn't get any better than this, and the best part is we get to see at least two yeah. more of them. Yeah, 4-1. The Oilers win it. They're up 2-1 in the series. We have Brian on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Brian, go ahead. Hey, guys. Great game tonight. Uh, gotta say, I think uh, what, what we're actually seeing right now is a growth and a maturing of not just the player in Connor McDavid, but also in the whole team uh, with the way they're, way they're showing their resilience and uh, the intestinal fortitude that they're showing, too. Well, you're right. This is a team that I think gained a ton of confidence after the, the L.A. series. I think that uh, as much as they, they said all the right things and talked the right things uh, in, in the, that series, there was still a little bit of uh, maybe a seed of doubt in the back of their minds after the last two playoff series where they were supposed to win and they didn't. But once they turned it on in game six and, and dominated six and dominated seven, now there was just that whole relief in their, in their system. It's like, okay, we've got that out of the way. Let's go and do what we do best. And uh, these last two games, again, the Calgary Flames are good. This is a very good hockey club that the Edmonton Oilers absolutely dominate tonight. So I agree. This is a, not just Connor McDavid has taken it to the next level. His entire team has. Well, that's the the fun part of the ride too. I mean, the playoffs are still a process. You know, mm -hmm. like it, you know, Smith said it late in the regular season. You want to be playing your best hockey going into the postseason. Okay, but then hopefully you're playing for seven or eight <laughs> weeks. So there's still there's still coaching going on. There's still tweaks. I know they don't actually practice as much I mean there'll be a team meeting tomorrow but there's there's video and there's reminders and there's still Edmonton and all the other teams still alive they're still looking to improve even if they you know one or two percent and, and it's the, the, what the others have found out in, in the last two years coming into this year is what you do in the regular season means nothing and uh, it, it's a different game and I think that if you want to look around the league right now look at the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning Florida was I mean, they were unstoppable. They were scoring at will some nights. And they finished the season incredible. Like, they, they, at one point, I think they won 10 or 11 in a row after Claude Giroux was there. And they're playing against a team that has won before, that's got a coach that understands, all right, it's, it's a different season now. Let's, we're going to go play playoff hockey now. And they've got Steven, the Steven Stamkos and the Kucherovs and players like that blocking shots. And you just, they understand that it's another level you have to take it to. And the Edmonton Oilers right now are starting to realize that. And they've taken it to that level. And the Calgary Flames uh, have yet to reach that level in this series. This gentleman just took your picture. He's going to print that up and sell it on eBay for a Kijiji. <laughs> and he'll be able to buy a stick of gum with that. <laughs> <laughs> and he could trade it. You know, some guys, they start with a paper clip and they trade it up. And they and took it with a house. They get a house. I started with a photo of Rob Brown. <laughs> and I ended up with a photo of Rob Brown. Nobody wanted it. We have Will on the line as well. Hi, Will. Go ahead. How's it going, Reed and Rob? We are well. 
Good, good. I was just, I just wanted to say about the surrounding, like the surrounding cast. Like not McDavid and Drysdale and even Nude that like have brought it. Well, even Hyman that has brought it. But uh, I really liked uh, Kulak's play. <clears throat> I liked uh, everyone that stepped up. Um, it, everybody is at a different level. Whether McDavid and Drysdale and everybody brought it up, there's just no quit. And that showed in the start of our game, which is great to be at the start. Yeah. But they, they've all raised the level. And I think our top players are bringing it. Yamamoto had an awesome game. Archibald, awesome. Even, like, uh, Yessi Pugliarvi, when I saw him on the ice, finishing check, using his size and his strength, he seems a bit looser. Well, I don't know, looser, but you know what I mean? Like, he's not so uptight. And he's just going and make a finisher check, make a play, play. Well, I, th I think you, may, you raise a good point. Kulak's been very solid, good addition to the team. And I know John Shannon on the faceoff show wanted to single out Yamamoto, who plays... 16 and a half minutes tonight, uh, plays 313 shorthanded, very good. I mean, slapping the puck down the ice a couple of times and again on the forecheck with Yamamoto. You, when we've been watching him for a couple of years and there are still times where you think, how does he do it? How does he go up against all these trees and, and keep the puck alive? Hey, it's just uh, desire and he, he, he doesn't quit. And it, it's... He's not getting the, the power play time that he, he that he had gotten it for a little stretch there when he had that nice little stretch where he was scoring all the goals playing with Connor McDavid on a line thing playing in front of the net as a net front presence. But what Jay Woodcroft has done is he's given guys roles and if you take that role and you, you, you try to be the best you can at it, you can have this self-fulfillment. Like, you know, I feel good about my game because I went out there and I did what I was supposed to do, and I'm, I'm taking pride in it. And for Yamamoto, it's his penalty killing has been very good. And the Oilers' penalty killing has been a difference maker. And I tell you that, you go out and kill a penalty, it, and, and you feel good about yourself, and it translates into five-on-five -five play. And Yamamoto's been excellent. I, and at Kulak, very good. So the Oilers have played... Uh, you're, you're not going to... We've seen in the past that when the Oilers just have the one line and they rely on them, Connor and Leon have had great playoffs and they've been done after four games or after five games. This year, they've got other players that have stepping up and understanding their roles and excelling at their roles. And if you, if you want to go anywhere in the playoffs, you want to make a, lo a long run, there's going to have to be different heroes every night. And the hero isn't just the guy that puts the puck in the net. The hero's the guy that blocks a shot. The hero's the guy that gets in a shooting lane. The hero's the guy that gets the puck out on the penalty kill to take pressure away. And that's what the Oilers are getting right now against the Calgary Flames. 4-1 victory for the Oilers tonight. We'll get to a couple more phone calls from Greg and Doug. We're in Studio 99, starting to thin out a little bit, but a uh, very happy crowd here this evening. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Five on five, big hit, Kulak. In front, wrist shot, and a blocker save made on Brett Ritchie. What a setup from Kachuk. But now it's Drysaddle off to Connor McDavid with Kane. Centers Kane for the hat trick. He scores! Evander Kane! Natural hat trick in the second period, and Edmonton running Calgary right out of the building. The Oilers pouring it on. Four, nothing. Jack Michaels with the call. The Oilers coming through like a big orange and blue wave tonight, especially in the second period. Evander Kane up to 10 goals in the playoffs, by the way, as the Oilers beat the Calgary Flames 4 1 tonight. That, and that play kind of summed it up quick chance for Calgary and then it's just you know and again like the Flames had players back and then at the end Kane's all alone in front of the net just yeah. incredible burst that line uh, transitions the puck better than any line in the National Hockey League and I mean the one goal uh, I guess it was the Hyman goal at the beginning is it started in Mike Smith's glove and he dropped the puck for Leon Drysaddle and five seconds later Hyman's scoring 
They just they they transition. You and, and this is another thing that the Calgary Flames have not done on this in the last couple of games is change well. They've got caught a few times in bad changes, and the Edmonton Oilers are, are seeking that out. They're looking all right. Here's a chance. Pounce now. Okay, the guy's got his back turned. Pounce now. And they're just reading the plays better. They're reading the situations better and then taking advantage of them. Okay, is this goalie guy Greg on the line? Absolutely, boys. All right, what's going on? So short and sweet tonight. Happy birthday, Mike Smith. Uh, great game, but I do want to talk about Miko Koskinen. I'm going to make my statement, and I'm going to hang up, and you guys can just roll with it. This, by far, is the best game I've ever seen Miko Koskinen play. <laughs> March 22nd is Mike Smith's birthday. March 22nd. Yeah, I was, I was like, he's been 40 did, for a couple of months. How did we miss that? <laughs> like, oh, that's he's he's gonna lose the goalie guy moniker. Wow, that's an incorrect stat. Wow, Austin was good though. He's not birthday guy, that's for sure. <laughs> Wells have Doug on the line. Hello, Doug. Hey, Reed, how are you? Good. 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 Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, first-time caller. I uh, just wanted to say thanks for taking my call. Um, been a season ticket holder for years with the Oilers, but not, not any longer. Don't live in the province. So just wanted to comment on, on the team itself and the way they're playing. Uh, uh, they seem to play um, extremely, extremely well with confidence and fall down when confidence gets bruised, if that makes sense. And uh, nice to see McDavid and Dreisaitl playing so well. And uh, I just can't wait for the day that like new just playing fantastic but i can't wait for the day that he actually breaks out yeah i think it's a good comment uh i i think for sure you'd at some point you're going to need another guy to score a big goal along well, the way maybe well you never know <laughs> you never know. get three points a game the rest of the way but uh, yeah I, I mean we've there are five guys i guess if you include Nugent hopkins that do most of the scoring uh which is more than they've had in other years. Um, well, I mean, R&H had a great opportunity. It was nothing time. It was garbage time. But he yeah. came out of the penalty box with eight seconds to go, and he walked right down the slot, and the puck just bounced to him. And he threw his He was mad. He was mad. I mean, it, the game, the goal would have meant nothing in the scheme of things, but it's one of those, it just makes you feel good. And when you get an opportunity, you want to put the puck in the net. Having said that, I, I believe in puck luck, and I believe in, in odds. Uh, to me, save it. You know, there, there's one. All right, you, you save me on that one. I'm going to get it when it means something more. And I think that's what you're going to see with RNH. Again, I think Calgary Flames are going to have a better game next game. I think they're going to yep. come out. They're going to play better. I think there's a realization that you do not want to fall behind three on one and have to beat this team three in a row. So I think they're going to come out and play better. They might need someone to step up, uh, a, a Nugent Hopkins or uh, McLeod or someone like that to be able to put the puck in the net five on five as, and not rely on the top stars. Having said that, I've yet to see any indication that the Calgary, Calgary Flames can stop Connor and Leon or Evander Kane as they have been dominant through the last three, or three games. Get plenty more on the Oilers on 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca. The Oilers have a uh, team meeting scheduled for tomorrow. I'll have the latest on the team on Inside Sports from 6 to 8. I'll be doing the show live here from Rogers Place while the Oil Kings are playing, so that'll be fun. Big thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here in Studio 99, and to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer, back at 6.30. Chet, it's a hat trick for Kane, four assists for Dreisaitl, 32 stops for Smith. Oilers take it 4-1. They go up 2-1 in the best of seven. Our next game broadcast presented by Friesen Brothers is going to be Tuesday, 5.30 for the face-off show, and the puck will drop at 7.30. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.